Remember the 90s? When MTV still meant music television? When people still bought CDs? When legends like Chris Cornell and Dimebag Daryl still rocked the earth? Well, you can go back to those halcyon years regularly with Sounds Like Teen Spirit, the ultimate 90s radio show podcast. On each episode, I review and play from the latest albums by decade-defining artists like Pearl Jam, Megadeth, and Primus, and discuss current developments with those artists, all amid a playlist of 90s and 90s-adjacent music, of course. Again, that sounds like Teen Spirit. New episodes premiere Sundays, 8 to 10 p.m. on 89.9 KBGA Missoula, and past episodes are archived at kbga.org teen-spirit.
That was the Gin Blossoms kicking off this program with Day Job off their 1996 album, Congratulations, I'm Sorry. Welcome to a new year of the award-winning Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I'm your reinvigorated host, Ian. My inaugural playlist for the show's 2023 season boasts the likes of Modest Mouse, Soulfly, The Verve, Agent Orange, Lush, Naughty by Nature, The Prodigy, Living Color, Danzig, and The Tragically Hip. Plus, I'm going to be reviewing and playing two songs off the new Iggy Pop album, Every Loser, released on January 6th, and one off the new Smashing Pumpkins album, Autumn Act 2, released on January 31st. I might have a new prong single from January 11th tucked away in there too, but in the meantime, I'll start with Iggy. It's somewhat controversial to label Iggy Pop as a 90s artist, as he undoubtedly did just about all his most iconic work before the 90s. And yet he did nonetheless release four solo albums over the course of the decade, and the highest charting song of his career is actually Candy, his 1990 duet with Kate Pearson of the B-52s. That's more than good enough for me. Besides, his 2016 album, Post-Pop Depression, was the subject of one of my earliest reviews for Sounds Like Teen Spirit 2.0, though at that stage, reviews was arguably a generous term for what I did, so there is an established precedent for my reviewing Iggy Pop on the program. Ultimately, I overlooked his 2019 album, Free, amid a busy September that year, but I have still heard the album, and honestly, I found that one to be kind of dull and rather bare-bones. In light of that, Iggy's brand new 2023 album, Every Loser, feels to me like a major course correction, and then some. This is very much a balls-out rock album from the rolling-around-on-broken-glass wild child that Iggy Pop was in his heyday, as opposed to the crooning avant-garde lounge artist he'd been more recently. In his apparent efforts to reconcile with his inner punk, Pop recruited producer Andrew Watt, who has become renowned in the rock world for his collaborations with Ozzy Osbourne and Eddie Vedder, and he assembled a new backing band consisting of GNR's Duff McKagan and current and former Chili Peppers Chad Smith and Josh Klinghoffer. On top of all that, Pop also incorporated a series of notable guests, including Travis Barker, Stone Gosser, Dave Navarro, Eric Avery, Chris Cheney, and the late Taylor Hawkins. Such a talent-filled roster would stoke the envy of most other rock albums, and here it is put to effective use over an eclectic and consistently rollicking 11-track set. Every Loser comes charging right out of the gate with lead single and opener Frenzy, an abrasive, defiant, fuzzed-out stormer of a tune. And although the album decidedly doesn't maintain this level of intensity throughout, it never loses sight of fun and remains ever-engaging and often pleasantly surprising. A wide variety of song types, highlighting a robust array of influences, are represented here. For instance, second single, Strung Out Johnny, between its unique guitar tones and synthesizers, really reminds me of The Cure and Depeche Mode. Neopunk is an exhilarating two-minute blast of early 80s-style hardcore, reminiscent of scene icons like The Germs and X. Modern-day ripoff, arguably the catchiest and rockinest song on the album, strongly evokes Mud Honey, and closing track The Regency feels just like one of those sprawling proto-punk epics Pop might have recorded with his old band The Stooges. I think the single greatest influence on Every Loser, though, was actually The Pixies, especially the band's post-reunion output. Three of the album's songs, all of which vary wildly from each other in tempo and demeanor, remind me of The Pixies in some way or another, The aforementioned Frenzy sounds like one of the harsher, noisier cuts from either of the band's early 90s albums, Bossa Nova and Trompe Le Monde. 
Quintessential mid-tempo Pixies banger New Atlantis could have easily been part of the band's latest album, 2022's Doggerel, and absolutely would have been among that album's highlights. And the lone ballad on every loser, Morning Show, mainly evokes the Pixies for me through its integration of feminine backing vocals, which are particularly reminiscent of those provided by the band's current bassist, Paz Lenchantine. Rounding out the rest of the album are All the Way Down, another Stooges-esque rager, Comments, an odd and charming little number propelled by a lively bass line from Jane's Addiction's Eric Avery, and a pair of minute-long interludes in The News for Andy and My Animus, which, if nothing else, further cement Iggy Pop's peculiar, unkempt, and above all subversive public persona. Throw all these disparate ingredients together into a pan, and you end up with one hell of a spicy jambalaya. In closing, Iggy Pop has kicked off 2023 with an impressive power grab for the AOTY crown. Of course, it's way too early to call Every Loser as my 2023 album of the year, but I cannot deny that Pop has set an intimidatingly high bar for the rest of the year's hopefuls to have to follow. I feel like Every Loser is the exact album that Pop's fans have been wanting him to make for a long time. And although the album is kind of on the short side and not all of its tracks are equally excellent, I believe it to have been well worth the wait. Alright, next up is what I think might be my favorite song on the album, that catchy Mudhoney-esque rocker Modern Day Ripoff. Enjoy!
A B C D E F G H I J K B G A L O F O Q S T U V X Y Your Z
time to get tuned up. Hold on to your lug nuts, it's time for an
Claypool Frog Brigade with Buzzards of Green Hill off their 2002 album Purple Onion. Les Claypool, best known as the frontman and bassist for Primus, is also an avid fisherman, so he naturally tries to tour through Missoula as often as he can to enjoy our rivers and lakes. He's brought Primus to town no less than seven times since 2012, as well as his most recent side project, the Claypool Inn and Delirium, on a couple occasions. Last year ended up being one of those few odd years from the past decade where Claypool didn't grace us with his presence, but not to worry, he's got something special in store for us this year. Claypool is reviving one of his long-dormant side bands, Colonel Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade, alternately known as the Les Claypool Frog Brigade, for another... Flight. The group haven't played any shows since 2005, and their last proper tour was in 2003, so it's been a good two decades since they've been on the road. Their 2023 Summer of Green tour kicks off on May 17th in Stateline, Nevada, and wraps up on July 15th in Phoenix, Arizona. And it'll be at our own Kettle House Amphitheater in Bonner on July 7th. On this tour, Claypool will be debuting a brand new lineup for the Frog Brigade, consisting of guitarist Sean Lennon, a.k.a. the other half of the Claypool Lennon Delirium, keyboardist Harry Walters, saxophonist Skerrick, drummer Paolo Baldi, and additional percussionist Mike Dillon. Aside from Claypool himself, Skerrick is the only member from the original lineup to feature in this new one, though Dillon was added to the lineup in 2002 and Baldi briefly toured with the band in 2003. As for what they're going to be playing on this tour, well, the Frog Brigade have only ever released one studio album, 2002's Purple Onion, and two 2001 live albums, Live Frog's Set 1 and Set 2, the latter being a cover of the iconic Pink Floyd album Animals in its entirety. Fortunately, it doesn't sound like the band will be too restricted by its thinly established discography. The press release for the 2023 Summer of Green Tour states that the band, quote, plans to mix in material from all eras of Claypool's illustrious solo career, as well as a selection of choice covers. They will also once again perform animals every night. In a nutshell, this sounds like it's going to be a delightfully quintessential Les Claypool show, and based on all I've heard from the Frog Brigade, I think it'll be even trippier than usual. Tickets for Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade at Kettle House Amphitheater are on sale now and can be purchased at the Top Hat box office, online through eTix, or by phone at 1-800-514-3849. Moon Duo will be the opener for this particular leg of the tour. Anyway, before the Les Claypool Frog Brigade, I played Desperate People by Living Color off their 1988 album Vivid. Mary Christ by Sonic Youth off their 1990 album Goo, and Prophecy by Soulfly off their 2004 album of the same name. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2, and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Smashing Pumpkins album, Autumn Act 2. The Smashing Pumpkins have now released two-thirds of their ambitious 33-song rock opera, Autumn, and I'm sorry to say that Act 2 continues in the same disappointing direction established by its predecessor. 
Given that Autumn is still a work in progress, I'm going to try to avoid making generalizations about the whole project for the purpose of this review. But that may prove easier said than done, because at this stage, it feels like the Pumpkins have pretty much already played their hand. For the uninitiated, Autumn is a conceptual sequel to two iconic Pumpkins albums, 1995's Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and 2000's Machina, The Machines of God. The album is to consist of three discs, each one containing 11 tracks and releasing exactly 11 weeks out from one another. Act 1 was issued on November 15th of 2022. Act 2, the one being reviewed here, just dropped on January 31st, and the upcoming Act 3, which frankly has a lot to make up for, is scheduled for April 23rd. The album's narrative follows the same rock star protagonist from the prior two installments, dubbed Zero in Melancholy and Glass in Machina, and this time around he goes by Shiny and has grown much older since we last heard from him. I couldn't tell you what kind of exploits Shiny gets up to on this disc, though, because once again the story is ambiguous and indecipherable, and William Patrick Corgan, yes, I'm going to try to actually call him by his preferred name now, hasn't really been providing any footnotes. However, to reiterate a point I made in my last Pumpkins review, the concept and lyricism of Autumn isn't nearly as important as its musical integrity, and that's where the album has really been dropping the ball thus far. In fairness, the two albums that Autumn purportedly takes after set a pretty high bar for it to live up to. Melancholy in particular is an all-time classic and widely considered to be the Pumpkins' creative peak. And although Machina is actually among the least revered albums of the band's initial run, it still plays better than almost anything they've put out since. However, Autumn doesn't seem to be the least bit interested in finding that same musical sweet spot as its conceptual forebears, and instead has much more in common with the last proper Pumpkins album, 2020's Seer, which saw the band exploring more of a peppy synth-pop sound. I thought Seer was fine as a one-off, and that certain tracks were actually rather neat, but the album undoubtedly wore out its welcome by the end of its 20-song run, and I was dismayed to find that the first disc of Autumn continued in the same vein. I try to remain hopeful for the latter two discs to deliver the return to form implicitly promised at the outset, but sadly, disc two has turned out to be yet another round of Seer, more or less, so now that optimism's been effectively shattered. I mean, I suppose it's not a total washout. The second disc of Autumn is at least marginally better than the first, with a bit more to offer in terms of memorable melodies and honest-to-goodness guitar work, and like most albums, it isn't without its highlights. Empires is a surging, if straightforward, rocker with bombastic production, Beguiled is still every bit the banger it was as a lead single last September. Closing track Springtimes becomes much more compelling once the acoustic guitar takes over for the synth about a minute in. And To the Greys, not unlike Hooray from Act 1, is almost obnoxiously catchy. Ultimately, though, the bulk of the album could all too easily be lumped together with the dozen or so interchangeable songs from Seer and the roughly 75% of Act 1 that I've entirely forgotten. Overall, Autumn is still falling well short of the mark as of Act 2, and now Act 3 is going to have to deliver one hell of a grand finale in order to salvage this project. But it probably won't. Alright, this next song really shouldn't have been one of the best songs on the disc. It's good, but it is also fairly short, uses a pre-programmed drumming sound, and the guitar solo, which comes up twice in the song, is intriguing but simplistic. However, the song really didn't have to do much to rise to the top of this particular heap. 
it merely had to rock. This song is called Moss. Enjoy! thinks they are.
minority boys, I got the no limit soldiers, posse up, these niggas are gonna pay us. Listen, we don't need any fancy, super-duper promo. We don't need any of that. See, here with KBGA, we're just a student-run college radio station, and we play music. It's pretty simple. That's it.
Money with Empty Shells off their 2006 album Under a Billion Suns. Thus far, 2023's new music calendar isn't nearly as fruitful as 2022's was at this point in the year, at least as far as music pertinent to Sounds Like Teen Spirit is concerned. Last year, I reviewed over a dozen albums that were released within just the first quarter of 2022. Talk about a front-loaded year! That is a feat that is unlikely to repeat itself anytime soon, and I doubt I'll end up reviewing even half that amount over the same window in 2023. Ah well, at least April is looking fairly robust. Of course, its big centerpiece is the hotly anticipated 11th studio album from Metallica, which, as I relayed during my Christmas special a couple months back, is titled 72 Seasons and scheduled for release on April 14th. However, I think I might be almost as hyped for the new one from Mudhoney, if its lead single is anything to go by. Late last month, Mudhoney announced that their 11th album will be titled Plastic Eternity and released on April 7th. They also issued the single Almost Everything, which juxtaposes thick, fuzzy, sludgy guitar riffs with frenetic, upbeat, tribal-style drumming to rather enticing effect. It's certainly a breath of fresh air, and even if the rest of the album ends up sounding much more familiar, Plastic Eternity seems poised to go down as one of the more vital entries in Mudhoney's discography. Furthermore, Overkill is getting ready to unleash their 20th studio album, Scorched, on April 14th, though why they deemed it a good idea to go head-to-head against the new Metallica offering is anyone's guess. And as previously mentioned in the review you heard moments ago, the Smashing Pumpkins will be putting forth the third and final disc to their rock opera, Autumn, on April 23rd. At the very least, it should have no problem going down as the strongest disc of the three, if only in a relative sense. Alas, the time period between now and April is a barren wasteland when it comes to new albums from 90s artists. As far as I can see, the next item on my 2023 release calendar is the new Depeche Mode album over a month out. Last fall, Depeche Mode, now operating as a duo following the 2022 death of founding keyboardist Andy Fletcher, announced at a press conference that they'll be releasing a new album titled Memento Mori in the spring. Recently, they gave the album a street date of March 24th and issued its lead single, Ghosts Again. The song, though ultimately familiar sounding, has something of a unique flavor to it, and I can't help but wonder how much that has to do with Fletcher's absence. As for albums we can expect to see later in the year, well, for starters, there's that new one from Blink-182 that'll welcome back founding guitarist and co-vocalist Tom DeLonge for his first album with the band in over a decade. Despite Blink suggesting in December that the album was done and would drop sometime in the first quarter of 2023, they still haven't announced its title or release date as of mid-February. Given that albums are typically unveiled at least a couple months ahead of their release, I think it's safe to say the new Blink album has missed its projected window. Additionally, Living Color just entered the studio last December to start recording their seventh album, due out sometime in 2023. Anthrax are presumably still hard at work on their first album since 2016, though it's been several months since we last got an update from them. The Cure will most likely be issuing their ridiculously overdue 14th album Songs of a Lost World this year, provided Robert Smith can finally get out of his own way. Jane's Addiction are now actively working on a new album with original bassist Eric Avery, who rejoined the band last year, and when released, it'll be the band's first album since 2011, and their first with Avery since 1990. 
Fear Factory have reportedly finished recording their first album with their new lead singer, even though they still have yet to disclose that person's identity. And Static X will be making good on that implied follow-up to 2020's Project Regeneration Volume 1, an album comprised of archived vocals left behind by late frontman Wayne Static set to freshly minted instrumental tracks from the surviving original members. Project Regeneration Volume 2 has been penciled in for November 3rd, 2023 and will reportedly represent the last of the usable material in Wayne's archives. It is being promoted with a cover of the Nine Inch Nails classic, Terrible Lie. Well, folks, as thorough as I try to be, I'm sure there are plenty of upcoming 2023 albums I completely overlooked in the preceding summary, and there are undoubtedly plenty of others coming that still have yet to reveal themselves, but I will do my best to keep you up to speed on as many as I can as the year trudges on. Anyway, before Mud Honey, I played Hallelujah by Monster Magnet off their 2013 album Last Patrol. Live or Die by Naughty by Nature featuring Master P, Silk the Shocker, Mystical, and Finesse off their 1999 album 1999 Nature's Fury. 700 Foot Ceiling by The Tragically Hip off their 1996 album Trouble at the Hen House and Single Girl by Lush off their 1996 album Love Life. You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen-spirit. All right, next I'm going to be playing a brand new single from Prong. During my extensive summary of upcoming 2023 albums from 90s artists, I deliberately left out that Prong is also readying a new album. Last October, Prong frontman Tommy Victor disclosed that the band is wrapping up its first album since 2017 and that a single would be releasing in January. As of press time, the album still has yet to be titled or dated, but the band did indeed issue a new single last month. The song is called Breaking Point, and simply put, this is the most 90s that Prong have sounded in a long time. In fact, it would have felt right at home on the band's 1990s sophomore album, Beg to Differ. Since I'm so enthused by the song, and since, for all we know, it could still be a while yet before the rest of the album surfaces, I've decided to let y'all hear it for yourselves right now. I'll be sure to review and play from the new Prong album after its release, but in the meantime, here's Breaking Point. Enjoy!
This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant-garde, electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You'll get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give something else a try? Live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org.
We all like the radio station. College Radio, 89.9 FM.
modest mouse with styrofoam boots slash it's all nice on ice all right off their 1997 album the lonesome crowded west a new year almost always brings with it a new series of high-profile musician deaths to kick things off on a morbid and disheartening note and sure enough 2023 has thus far been a veritable grim reaper its first victim was Modest Mouse drummer Jeremiah Green, who passed away on December 31st at the age of 45. So technically, Green's was the last major musician death of 2022, rather than the first one of 2023, but news of his death didn't widely circulate until after the start of the new year, so I'd say it counts for both. Green died from stage 4 cancer of an unknown variant. News of his diagnosis was disclosed on Christmas Day last year by his mom, and when I first caught wind of that, I felt gutted because I just knew his death announcement was imminent. Stage 4 cancer is typically something people don't come back from, for at that advanced stage, the cancer has practically already won. Still, at least one of Green's friends, Seattle radio DJ Marco Collins, was optimistic that he'd pull through as, quote, his prognosis is good, also, his oncologist is a big Modest Mouse fan, so he's got that in his corner. Though I did try to share in Colin's optimism for Green, my first instinct tragically proved to be correct. He didn't even make it to the end of the week. Jeremiah Green was the original drummer for Modest Mouse, having co-founded the band with Isaac Brock and Eric Judy in 1993 when he was just 16. He remained in the band all the way up until his death, save for a year-long respite he took after suffering a nervous breakdown in 2003, leaving him absent from the recording of 2004's Good News for People Who Love Bad News, aka the album with Float On. Along with the rest of Modest Mouse, Green performed in Missoula several times over the years, most recently at the Wilma on November 18, 2022, as part of a tour commemorating the 25th anniversary of the Lonesome Crowded West, which they played in its entirety at each stop. I would have loved to have seen that, if only I didn't first find out about it immediately after it took place. A rare oversight for me, I know. Ultimately, Green was unable to complete the tour due to his cancer diagnosis, and he played his final show in L.A. on December 1st. Of course, Green's death was only the beginning. Legendary guitarist Jeff Beck died a short time after on January 10th at the age of 78. His official cause of death was a bacterial meningitis infection. Beck had been a prolific and versatile guitarist for nearly 60 years, Though he was never particularly a 90s artist, he was nonetheless active throughout the decade, releasing a few albums, contributing to a couple movie soundtracks, and recording with artists like Kate Bush, Duff McKagan, Roger Waters, and Seal. Also, there's no overestimating the influence that Beck undoubtedly had on numerous 90s musicians. The same could probably also be said of David Crosby, who died on January 18th at the age of 81, reportedly of COVID-related complications. Crosby was best known for his tenures in The Birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which both largely played out through the 60s and 70s. He's even less of a 90s artist than Jeff Beck, but he did release one of his eight total solo albums that decade, which is more special when you consider that five of those albums came out within just the last nine years of his life. And again, like Beck, his influence cast a wide net. 
On the same day as Crosby's death, it was also reported that Screaming Trees bassist Van Connor had died at age 55, though his death actually took place the night before on January 17th. Connor was a founding member of the Screaming Trees and served in the band for their entire run, along with his older brother, guitarist Gary Lee Connor, who was the one to break the news of his death and confirm its cause as pneumonia. He was the second Trees member to die within this past year, following frontman Mark Lanigan on February 22, 2022. Finally, De La Soul rapper David Jolicoeur, a.k.a. Trugoy the Dove, died just last Sunday, February 12th, at age 54. Trugoy was a co-founder and one of three MCs comprising De La Soul, along with Pasta Noose and Maceo, and he was notably the one responsible for delivering the group's guest verse on the 2005 Gorillaz mega-hit, Feel Good Inc. As of press time, his cause of death is still undisclosed, but he had been struggling with congestive heart failure since at least 2017. Sadly, this was merely the first wave of 90s musician deaths to mark 2023, and though I pray I won't have to, I know I'm most likely going to end up reporting on several more over the next 10 months. Hopefully it won't be any of your favorites, for your sake, but especially also theirs. Anyway, before Modest Mouse, I played Mexican Seafood by Nirvana off their 1992 compilation Incesticide. Time by Hootie and the Blowfish off their 1994 album Cracked Rearview, and One Love by The Prodigy off their 1994 album Music for the Jilted Generation. You're still continuing to listen to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash slts2, and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org slash teen-spirit. Alright, next, as a tribute to the late Jeff Beck, I'm going to play one of his contributions to Ozzy Osbourne's 2022 album Patient Number no. 9, which recently won Best Rock Album and Best Metal Performance at the 2023 Grammys. This is one of two tracks on which Beck played lead guitar, and it's the one that wasn't released as a hit single, A Thousand Shades. Rest in peace, Jeff Beck, Jeremiah Green, Van Connor, David Crosby, and Trugoy the Dove. Wait, there's a thousand 
portion of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events in its educational center, Imagination brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com. When I went to school, oh, when I went to school, <laughs> Well, I went to school in Olympia And everyone's the same What do you do with a revolution? Well, I went to school in Olympia
All this talk of getting old It's getting me down, my love Like a cat in a bag Waiting to drown This time I'm coming down And I hope you're thinking of me As you lay down on your side Now the trucks don't work They just make you worse But I know I'll see your face again Now the trucks don't work They just make you worse But I know I'll see your face again But I know I'm on the losing streak As I pass down my old street And if you want to show Then just let me know And I'll sing in your ear again Now the trucks don't work They just make you worse But I know I'll see your face again This baby No 
the newest, the hottest, the most overproduced crap you've ever heard. All on KBGA Missoula. 9.9 FM. Soundgarden with Swallow My Pride off their 1988 EP, FOP. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has just announced its nominees list for the class of 2023. A day prior, the Hall revised its mission statement to read as follows. Born from the collision of rhythm and blues, country and gospel, rock and roll is a spirit that is inclusive and ever-changing. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame celebrates the sound of youth culture and honors the artists whose music connects us all. This interpretation of rock and roll happens to perfectly echo comments made by Rock Hall Foundation Director of Communications Shauna Wilson last March in response to Dolly Parton trying to rescind her 2022 nomination due to feeling out of place on the ballot. It seemed like the Rock Hall might have been preemptively counteracting some inevitable backlash against what was bound to be a controversial nominees list, but the one it ended up releasing the next day was fine, really. It's a solid and evenly balanced mixture of rockers, pop singers, country artists, rappers, and metal bands, very much in keeping with the Hall's newly revamped mission statement, which honestly isn't off base. As far as this year's 90s representation is concerned, there are a lot of familiar names returning from other recent years' ballots. Soundgarden have been nominated for the second time to date, following their initial nomination for the Class of 2020. 
Iron Maiden are also being considered for a second time, having first appeared on the ballot in 2021. A Tribe Called Quest are nominated once again, after first featuring on last year's ballot, which is encouraging. Rage Against the Machine are another holdover from the 2022 nominees list, only this year happens to mark their fifth nomination to date. Thus far, Rage have been nominated for almost every class that's come up since they first became eligible in 2017, with 2020 being the lone exception. It just seems wildly improbable to me that an artist could be considered and rejected so much in such a short window of time. I mean, Tom Morello is on the nominating committee, but how much pull could he alone possibly have? As for first-time 90s nominees, we've got Sheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, and the White Stripes on this year's ballot, with the latter two getting the nod in their first year of eligibility. The remaining seven nominees for the class of 2023 are Kate Bush, The Spinners, Willie Nelson, George Michael, Cyndi Lauper, Warren Zevon, and Joy Division in New Order as a joint candidate, New Order having been formed by the surviving members of Joy Division following frontman Ian Curtis's suicide. Oh, and all but the former two of those nominees are also first-timers, FYI. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Class of 2023 is due to be announced in May, and the induction ceremony will take place this fall. Its date and venue have yet to be determined, but it will presumably still stream on HBO Max. Through April 28th, fans will be able to vote for their top five choices of inductees at vote.rockhall.com, and the results will be compiled into a fan ballot that ultimately represents just one of over a thousand votes largely cast by industry insiders. I wish all the nominees the best of luck, but naturally I'll be pulling the hardest for Soundgarden, Iron Maiden, and Rage. Given the Rock Hall's consistent disregard for grunge and metal, though, I have virtually no expectation for any of those three to make the cut. Better to set yourself up to be pleasantly surprised than to be disappointed, am I right? Anyway, before Soundgarden, I played The Drugs Don't Work by The Verve, off their 1997 album Urban Hymns. Sacrifice by Danzig, off his 1996 album Danzig 5 Black Ass the Devil. Rockstar by Hole, off their 1994 album Live Through This. And El Dorado by Agent Orange, off their 1990 single of the same name. And that about wraps up a trailblazing edition of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I've been your host, Ian. I'm closing out this show with another new song from Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Iggy Pop, who was inducted in 2010 as a member of the Stooges. As a solo artist, however, he has yet to even receive a nomination. Which feels like an oversight, but when you consider that the Rock Hall still has yet to nominate Ozzy as a solo artist, you realize it's a symptom of an even bigger problem. And what better way to protest this perceived slight against two of the biggest solo acts in rock than with this epically profane Stooges-esque closing track from Iggy Pop's 2023 album Every Loser. This last song I'm going to play is titled The Regency. Huff the Regency up! Or I mean, until next time, Missoula.
Lead the victims in to the stadium Fill the cold parking lot 